Good evening, everyone. I'm so happy to be here tonight with you guys. Um, got a little bit of rest. That was very much needed. Um, have had a little bit of trouble sleeping lately, but also I've had family in town, so it's, uh, you know how that is. Late nights and still you have to work in the morning. So um, I also just have been, had a lot on my mind and uh, wanted to share some things with you this evening. I hope you all are doing well. I wanted to let you guys all know that I love you very much. I pray for you daily. Um, many of you by name and many circumstances I can remember even better than names. So I just want to um, be clear. I am always thinking about you guys and I thank you that um, you are voicing you know, some of the issues that you're going through and we're sharing and we're walking through these last days together. Um, you might feel like you're alone, but you... Um, you not only have a community of fellow brothers and sisters around you, but you have the Lord Jesus and you have the Holy Spirit living within you. You are not alone and you'll never be left forsaken or anything else like that. The Lord has promised that to those of us who um, place our trust in Jesus Christ for our salvation. Uh, real quick, I just want to go over um, how to be saved. If you've heard the word saved, and you know um, you're saturated in a culture that uses words like saved and um, you know salvation and things like that but you're not really clear on what that really entails what that really looks like to you um, the Lord just says or Paul wrote in Romans um, 10 9 through 10 how to be saved um, to basically it comes down to believing and confessing believing he is who he says he is that Jesus was a Christ uh, which came to save the whole world by dying on the sins, uh, dying on the cross after living a perfect life in our place. Jesus uh, came from the Father and he lived a life in the flesh um, with us 2,000 years ago. And he died on a cross, like I said, and his perfect blood atoned for our sins, past, present, and future. Um, any sin that you've ever committed, any sin you ever will commit, when you place your trust on what he did for you on the cross and the fact that three days later he rose again from the grave and uh, he had, he resurrected, that's another word you probably would classify under Christianese, he resurrected, but he did. He conquered the grave. He conquered death. And because he conquered death, he paved the way for us to do the same when we place our trust in him. Because when we believe that he did what he did for us, what happens is, and this is not just a head knowledge, this is a heart knowledge, this is trusting him to save you, recognizing that you cannot save yourself. There's nothing you can do to save yourself, and there's nothing you can do to keep yourself saved. The only thing that you can do is believe that he died for you, in your stead, in your place, so that you could go to be with the Father when he calls us up, whether that be by rapture, if we're still here on earth alive, or when the trumpet calls our bodies, um, we, um, our bodies are called up and we are given a glorified body that way. And those would be the first to receive glorified bodies, those who have passed. So, um, and when you do that and you believe with your heart, you are saved. You confess him as the Lord, uh, as your savior. You confess him. You say, Jesus, I believe. Confession is just an outward product of believing. Uh, people get wrapped up in how much you have to do after the fact. They backload um, uh, works onto it. And 
what they feel fail to realize is that works are just a byproduct of your love for the Lord. So what happens is, after you believe on Him, the Holy Spirit basically seals you. He puts His mark on you. He He go, He comes inside you, so that you know when you sin, you are convicted by Him. You feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit because He lives inside you, and it's hard to. Um, it's hard for sin and the Holy Spirit to live in the same temple. Your body is a temple, so the Bible says. So your desire is to please Him. And uh, if you are saying you can live a life of sin and do what you want to do, and um, you're still good, you're still gravy, you're still going to heaven, and you're still good with God, check again, check your heart. Because if it doesn't grieve you, then you may have silenced the Holy Spirit in your life. And... Um, the more that you repeatedly sin without confessing that sin, the harder it is to hear the Holy Spirit's conviction because you talk yourself into believing it's okay. So really search your heart. Search your heart. Um, does, you know, what grieve you, what grieve grieves you, uh, would it be something that grieves the Holy Spirit and vice versa? So, um, but anyway, but when you believe and you confess Him as Savior, you are saved and sealed until the day of redemption. So, I know that was a lengthy way to get the gospel, and I'm all over the place. I'm sorry about that. Uh, I wanted to share a dream I had a few nights ago. Today is uh, today is Wednesday the 20th. I dreamt this Monday night. Is it Sunday night and Monday night? So, that would have been July the 18th. So, I had a dream, and it was full of symbolism. And um, normally, I write dreams down. Um, to read to you because for me it's easier to collect my thoughts but at the same time I feel like I'm always looking down when I'm doing these videos and I don't want to do that I want to look directly at you so and I can remember this dream very clearly so I dreamt I got on a plane boy we've had a lot of transportation dreams lately haven't we we're just ready to go so I had this dream I was on getting on this plane with my three sisters and we got on this plane, and I couldn't sit with my sisters. They were ahead of me. And we were with other people, and they were all excited. And our, our, we were getting ready to take off, and our seats were missing their headrests. Um, they were attached to the seats, but they had slid in back. They were like an extra attachment, I guess, that had to be slid up. And I didn't know how to function. I didn't know how to work my um, seat. So I'm sitting here fumbling with my seat headrest because we knew we were going to need something for our necks to support, uh, to support our necks as we were going up. So this per this woman next to me, um, she was like, she looked African descent, beautiful woman. She helped me um, put my seat uh, support up. She slid it up. She figured it out for me. So we got ready and we sat down. So we started to take off and... Instead of taking off straight and lifting up, we lifted up, but we did this vertical loop. And we were like almost straight up, like that, kind of an incline. But we were going up and up in a swirl. As we were going up and up in a swirl, um, for some reason there was this printer near the cockpit. And out popped out of this printer at this time as we are climbing the altitude. A picture of a friend of mine and in the dream not in real life he was a, he had something to do with security and there's a picture of him and there was a security warning on the um, the paper so the captain took it very seriously because he thought that there was 
something that threatened us our security on the plane or whatever. He, it was a security threat. And so he landed the plane and we were all very disappointed. And we thought, oh my goodness, we're never going to fly again. I mean, it's going to be a long time. There's going to be a long delay. Well, flash forward to the next morning and I'm in the airport and I see apparently they called us back because they had already rescheduled the flight a lot sooner than we thought they would. And the flight was at 1027 a.m. I remember that specifically, the number 1027, looking up at the the um, billboard or the, you know, the flashing marquee for the um, flights. It said 1027. And then, um, so we got on the plane and we boarded it and we left. And then I woke up. So a few things struck me with this dream. As I was waking up, all the details came back to me. I remembered every little thing. And as the Lord frequently does when it's a dream from Him, um he started giving me knowledge of what I was seeing and interpreting it. Um, not only that, but I asked him to um, give me confirmation as soon as you know he could <laughs> give me confirmation in order for me to share this with you, um, that this indeed was definitely a dream from him and that he wanted me to share it. So I'll tell you, I did receive confirmation right away that morning from a friend of mine who shared a song with me, and I'm going to talk about that in a minute. I didn't even pull up the song, but I remember the gist of the song. So um, maybe I'll put the song, uh, maybe I could put the title or something like that in the lyric in the description box or something. Uh, so anyway, um, the first thing I recognize in taking this dream apart is that we, have, of course, we're on a plane. Now I was shown that this was our journey. It wasn't the rapture all per se. It was the journey of waiting for the rapture that we were on. And this getting on the plane represented us being ready to, for takeoff. And we are. Um, the body of Christ as a whole, I know there are some who are not aware of the times we're living in. But for those who are watching, we are waiting and we are ready and we're buckled in. Now, I didn't get to sit with my earthly sisters because I believe that's because we, most of us do not live near each other. We're um, physically not next to each other, but we're together um, on this journey. All four, all four of us are in unison as to how ready we are for the rapture, and we're all watching diligently. And the other people that were in the plane with us were all believers, of course. That was why there was so much joy in that cockpit, and in the in, not the cockpit, but in the cabin. And... I found it interesting that I was sitting next to somebody and they helped me um, add an attachment, slide up an attachment for my neck to support my neck. What are believers doing right now for each other all across the globe, especially here on YouTube and other platforms? And even in the church, we are supporting each other. We're encouraging each other as we see the day approaching. Every time you make a video, every time you comment on somebody's video, every time you pray with them, every time you reach out through email, every time you run into someone in the store um, and give them encouragement, you're doing that. You're, you're supporting them. And of course, in my dream, this woman was helping to support my neck. Our neck holds our head. Um, our, our head is constantly, right now, our mind is being um, barraged by the enemy with thoughts of being left here with thoughts of can I really trust the word? Are we really living in the right time? 
Um, is this really about to happen or is it going to be delayed? And those kinds of things. And we start to, I went through um, an attack like that Monday, actually, right after the stream. See, the, uh, or is it right before the stream? It was right before the stream. So, because I had the stream Monday night and Monday during the day, I had that same attack and I was crying out to the Lord, Lord, speak to me. I just, I'm your child and, um, you know, things here are scary and I know you're going to see us through until you call us, but just how close are you? And I'm starting to hear, you know, there's what I would call interference, interference, static. <laughs> and the enemy is, he's definitely the prince of the air. And I would include that airwaves. So we're hearing a lot, and um, it feeds, it can feed a monster in our mind on, um, you know, feeling forsaken, feeling lost, feeling a little bit helpless, feeling desperate even. And uh, so this was beautiful that the sister in Christ was putting a support behind my neck to support my head for the flight. Like, if I remind you, this flight is not the rapture itself, it was the journey to the rapture. So, um, and it really represents where we're at right now. So, uh, so she was readying me for the flight. I think the rapture itself, yes, we will be flying up. And But anyways, to get back to my dream, <laughs> I'm getting all over the place. I just don't want to miss the details because there were a lot of details. So, you know, we're going up and instead of going up like a regular aircraft, we're going up in loops. And I was reminded of, of course, Elijah's chariot going up in a whirlwind. And that is, you know, the picture of the rapture. When he was taken, he was raptured up. And he was raptured up in a whirlwind. Um, he got into a chariot and he went up. But he was in a whirlwind. And so um, that was the imagery I got there. And uh, also that things are not so straightforward. Uh, we thought it would be, at least I did, a few years ago. And, you know, if you're reading like the old Left Behind books or seeing old Left Behind movies, it's like any old day, any Texas. And um, that's how I thought it would be. I didn't think there'd be this much um, closing in on us uh, before he came. I thought it'd just be a humdrum kind of day and whoosh, we're gone. And the world is left scratching their heads. But instead, he has had, he has given grace and time for unbelievers to change, to look around them and wake up and see what's happening. And that may take him um, seizing us up as Harbazzo kind of reflects the wording sounds like a violent seizing. So he sounds like an, it sounds like an escape. Um, so that sounds to me like an 11th hour escape. And so it's not so much on a day where, I mean, it may appear like things are normal to those who aren't really looking or don't want to watch. Uh, but I believe it will be right before destruction. So, and I will get to that in a minute uh, uh, with a couple of things that the Lord showed me about the stream. So, on to the printout of the security. Um, obviously, this was a security uh, threat and for our safety. And everybody keeps screaming uh, safety, uh, security, and peace, peace and security. Um, this was a threat to that. And the Bible doesn't say that when they, found, when they find peace and security, then we have destruction. When they finally secure it, then we have destruction. No, it says when they say peace and security. So they're looking for peace and security. And uh, in the dream, we were threatened. And so I believe that this indicates that and symbolizes that um, at the time that of our departure, we're going to be um, feeling threatened. 
we're going to know that it's not, um, we're going to be watching for that, those of us who were looking. And I believe that um, it's closely tied to our leaving here. Um, so we already see that. So we have, I believe we're really close. Uh, we already see threats of, um, of the, um, you know, I can't really say, boy, it's so hard when you're, when you're being censored, but we already see the big three, I guess I'll just say it, Russia, Iran, and China, um, heading this way. You know, we see them um, south of us in South America regrouping to do mock war, and you know how when they do mock war, they don't just pack up and leave and go home after they move all of that equipment. They usually follow it up. So there's that threat. Uh, We see all these things happening and and forming, and we see this snare, and then we're reminded that um, in Psalm 90, as I'd done a video on long ago, it feels like last year, um, you know, when the snare is laid, we will escape the snare of the fowler. We will fly up. A fowler, someone who catches birds, we will fly up right through that snare that's being set, and that snare will be for those who are here on the earth. So anyway, so it, it what it did is it delayed our flight a little bit, and you know, we thought we'd have a long delay after that. We were discouraged by that. And I think this is more of where we're at right now. So we see all these things happening and we're like, why are we still here? What's going on? Why are, Why is there such delay? God, what are you doing? How close are we going to get here? Are we going to be like on fire, you know, from flames? Are we going to be smelling the smoke on our clothing? Just how close are we going to get? So in the dream, there was a sense of, I won't call it despair, but great disappointment and that is where i see the church right now um those who are watching is that the bride she's she's what's that scripture perplexed um but not destroyed oh persecuted but not abandoned um so anyways that's where we find ourselves um not abandoned not losing all hope just perplexed and that's how i was when we got off the plane so when we came back the next day it was sooner than we thought it would be uh, the captain had called us and uh, we were going to fly out sooner than I thought. So this uh, it symbolizes to me a sudden change of pl- plans, a sudden departure, a sudden... Um, uh, so it's funny, it's like a hurry up and wait situation, but at the same time it's the opposite. It's wait, but then hurry up. So you think you have more time than you do when you're disappointed over and over, but then all of a sudden there's no more time. And that's how I that's how I receive this dream. And um, there's just no more time. And you know, as much as it feels like, you know, you can tell yourself you believe that this is going to happen, and you can truly believe it's going to happen. But you can also lull yourself into a sense of, well, it'll maybe happen in the next month, or the next month, or the next month, um, because you've set dates and they've come and gone, or you've listened to other people and they've come and gone. I'm telling you, uh, keep watching closely because. Um, the minute you, you know, you start thinking that it's pushed, you just keep mentally pushing it out. You hear the trumpets, you're going to be shocked. And I think no matter what we do, we're going to be surprised. So, uh, about this 1027 in the morning, this flight number, this number stuck with me, I think, for a very good reason. I went to, the Lord had me go over to Strong's Concordance, and I don't always use Strong's Concordance. Um, sometimes he gives me numbers because he's got a verse for me in the Word of God. Um. But uh, numbers and strongs are closely tied to Hebrew and Greek um, um, symbolism for those numbers. 
Um, people want to call it numerology, but the thing is, is God uses numbers. He uses letters. He uses creation. Uses everything. I think it's when we try to tie it to like soothsaying and things like that, we need to be very, very careful. So, but I want to um, show you what I found. In Strong's Greek, 1027 means thundering. This represents power and judgment of God. In Psalm 77:18, it says, The voice of thy thunder was in the heaven. The lightnings lightened the world. The earth trembled and shook. So there is a, it's almost like a, um, an announcement of the presence of God before he shows up. Uh, Isaiah 29, 6 says, Thou shalt be visited of the Lord of hosts with thunder. There it is. Visited with him uh, by the Lord of hosts with thunder. And with earthquake and great noise, with storm and tempest and the flame of devouring fire. So uh, this just denotes that um, his presence is coming with judgment, with judgment and power. Now in Revelation 4 or 5, going over to the New Testament, I see that it says, And out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunderings and voices. And there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. So um, this is right when John is about to be shown, uh, he's taken up. And he's about to be shown everything else after the church has been removed. Uh, so this denotes judgment is about to take place. So be ready, be aware. And he's going to speak. He's going to show him what's going to happen. It's going to play out theatrically in front of John. And it's, it's, it's a signal to pay attention. Now Revelation 6 one says, And I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals, and I heard, as it were, the noise of thunder. One of the four beasts saying, come and see. And I'm not sure like when he speaks, if he's hearing, if John's hearing thunder come out of his mouth, like that's what it translates to. But again, it denotes power and judgment and paying attention and being, um, being sober as you, you know, respect. You have a, excuse me, I think I spit. <laughs> you have a healthy respect, a healthy fear for the God who's about to speak and about to judge. So in this dream, this thundering was a signal that judgment was about to begin. Uh, Strong's Hebrew 1027 is really interesting. It's Betharam, house of the height. I love that, house of the height. For just forgetting about this, um, this is a real place east of Jordan. Um, proper name of modern day Beit Haran, or Beit Haran, one hour east of Jordan. And it's opposite Jericho. It was the crossing place of Joshua and the Israelites when they entered the promised land, which was just opposite of Jericho. So as soon as they crossed Jordan, they were in the promised land. You can read about that in Joshua 3. What I find it fascinating is that the the Jordan River, um, now in, in in the age of the church, has taken a new taken on a new symbolism of, and it did then too, of um, rebirth, of salvation, of going back going over some a boundary line and never going back of a per place of permanence and inheritance is what this symbolizes and of course they fought um, uh, Jericho which is opposite of them and those walls came tumbling down which is amazing because there's a lot of um, there's a lot of biblical um, archetype of Jericho um, now and there have been so many studies about how Jericho represents um, um, judgment 
Um, it's seven days they go around Jericho, and then on the seventh day, the judgment, they go around seven times on one day. And I think that the end of the tribulation is like that seventh day. It's, um, it's all of God's most intense wrath poured out on the last. But still, regardless, I thought it was fascinating because in the dream, that's what we were doing. We were crossing over to our inheritance. And uh, so it's beautiful to, so we've got um, the Lord's judgment tied to us leaving and crossing over. So that's why earlier I said I see that um, our rescue is very much tied to the day of the Lord. So I'm going to leave you with that. Um, I hope that, I know that was a lot to take in. I was going to share something else, but I'm like, you know what, I've got a lot here. Oh, there was one more thing I wanted to share with you. And it was uh, the song that my friend sent me. It was uh, The Happiest Girl in the USA. I think that's the title of the song. I'll just say it now. And she's singing about, he, he shared me this song before he knew about my dream this morning, that morning. And I'd asked for confirmation on it. And the lyrics to the song talk about um, pushing, why did you move the alarm clock to the uh, away from my head and to the end of the bed? And you pushed it out a minute or two. And she's talking about how happy she is that um, she's spending time with her her husband. It sounds like her new husband. He sounds like they're, they're newlyweds. And he's going off to work, and it's a sunny day, and she's just so happy to be with him. And life couldn't be any better, and she it just turned out better than she could ever expect. But the, the what struck me was the lines about um, moving the clock and the delay of a minute or two. When I heard that, I remembered the delay in the flight. And I knew the Lord was saying, look, it looks like a delay, but promise me, I promise you, it's coming. And it's not a delay on my end. It just appears like a delay. Um, so hold fast. Hold the line. He's coming. And don't allow the enemy to um, start attacking you. And when he does, start attacking him back with the word of God. Because that's a sword. And it's a sword we should be using. Uh, look up scripture on spiritual warfare. Look, on, look up scripture on God's promises. Because the surest way to attack the enemy is just to remind him what you've already been promised by God himself. So there's really nothing the enemy can do against a promise the Lord has given because the Lord cannot lie. And um, his promises are sure. Yes and amen. You guys have a wonderful night. I love you and have a, like, I will see you soon. Maranatha. Bye-bye.